Passion Points welcomes you to Passion Fulfilled, the audio series that proves that passion truly is power realized. We're not just another voice in the crowded podcast world. We're a movement. At Passion Points, we're a movement and an organization dedicated to spreading the message that passion fulfilled is power realized. We believe that when you tap into your deepest desires and cultivate your talents, you unlock your true potential and can live a life filled with purpose and joy. Through our inspiring conversations with individuals who have turned their passions into successful careers and lifestyles, we're here to show you that it's possible to make your dreams a reality. Let Passion Fulfilled be the catalyst that propels you towards a life of passion and fulfillment. Your passion is calling and the universe awaits. Welcome to Passion Fulfilled, where we explore the journeys of individuals who have turned their passions into a fulfilling reality. I'm Letta, creator and visionary of Passion Points, and I am thrilled to be speaking with a dear friend, Ray Young, who is the founder of the nonprofit Bridge of Life. Our conversation is on the newly created mobile laundry bus, which you have to see to believe. As you can imagine, getting here was not easy. So join us as Ray sheds life on the journey to self-discovery, self-worth, self-fulfillment through passion and purpose. Let's go. My name is Ray Young and my passion is helping people better themselves. How are you fulfilling your passion? How are you helping people better themselves? I would say by taking time to get to know them, reminding them they all deserve dignity to love themselves, self-worth, and that no matter what they've been, what they've been through, um, that they're still here for a reason. There's still a reason of hope and that life does get better. That's beautiful. So what does that look like in real life? I mean, it sounds amazing. You're going to put that on a shirt, <laughs> on a site. You know, what is that? What are you doing day to day to actually fulfill that, to actually do that work? Every week, multiple times a week now, I go out, hit the streets, a team of people, and we go out, whether it's dignity bags where we pass out hygiene items, Soap, shampoo, lotion, razors. You know, we go out, we give haircuts, free haircuts to individuals experiencing homelessness. And even people that may not necessarily, they may have somewhere to lay their head, but they necessarily have the money to upkeep their hygiene. And we provide showers. We go out every week and we provide showers, clothing, new underwear, those sorts of things. Uplift people, make them feel human again. As we're sitting there in this new mobile laundromat, they can actually wash their clothes, have dignity that, hey, I own some clothes and more than one pair of underwear and they can wash them and put them back on and, and feel good again even when we're not around them. You just said it like mad casually like oh yeah <laughs> you know we go out we get the people showers and oh yeah we still on a bus but like for me this is my first time on a, anywhere like this and I'm just taking a bath. Washing machines I'm looking around on a bus that I'm, I live in New York, so this would be like a dollar van. Right. And you have flipped it. I see control. Like, what is this? Take me through how you, like, I'm doing a bus, and this is what I want. This is how I want to help people and do all the things. Yeah, so to do that, I would have to go back just a little bit. Take me back. And you know, back in the day, maybe, uh, what was that? That was 2015, actually. 2022, seven years ago. That's crazy. But we started off, like, just wanting to help people, having mm-hmm. a heart to serve. And it's like, you know, maybe once a month, I would kind of gather up a group of friends or people. Hey, let's let's yeah. go out, make some bags, mm-hmm. some food, take some socks, and, like, go 
to the streets to see, you know, the people under yep. the bridges and the park. Yeah. So we started off like that. And then as that continued to grow, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is nice, but it is for the moment. How do we find a way to change, actually help change the people that were connect their lives so that they're not dependent one on other people coming and, and what they want to bring and that sort of thing. But also to kind of end like this problem of homelessness in Atlanta and hopefully throughout the U.S. eventually, but to be able to end homelessness and actually like make a difference and help people rehabilitate their lives. So that's where it started. As we grew, we found a place where we started being stationary. We would meet there once a month or whatever the case was. But what we found Again, you're talking about people experiencing homelessness. They have to move their transient. You know what I mean? One one week, they may be living in the West End. Mm-hmm. Another week, they may be in Ben Hill. Another week, they may be in Bankhead. So sure. we have to have a way to actually meet them where mm-hmm. they are and mm-hmm. provide those same resources, if possible, that you would in a stationary building. Right. So that's where the idea of creating a bus, a mobile resource center, came about. And like I, I've seen... Seeing it on Instagram, but literally see it in person is just no cap. Like, I'm just not finally figuring out how to say that right. Um, <laughs> Welcome back to Atlanta. <laughs> and it's like you're saying that, like, your passion is to help people and humanity of it. But through fulfilling your passion, tell me, like, what that does for you. Like, how does that fill you? I mean, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but. Tell me what that does for you. I can imagine what it's doing for, like you said, giving people that sense of humanity who don't get it. They're just yeah. placed forgotten. But yeah. tell me what you get out of it. Man, for me, I, I feel like, one, I'm, I'm fulfilling my purpose mm-hmm. that I was placed on this earth for a reason. And it also, I think you kind of alluded to it, it fills me up. Every time you, you help, you serve, you love on people, you kind of give of yourself. In doing that, there's like this cyclical, like, refilling so for me like it fuels me to want to keep going and to come up with different ways to help or to find solutions to other problems Mm. so that we can have a complete solution to actually complete the rehabilitation process and actually like fully help people and not just be something in that moment and i know that takes a minute but that's how we went from the first bus the shower bus to now having a laundry bus because hygiene and all that kind of it all works together when you talk about feeling oh. your self-worth and your self-esteem. It's all going to take time, but I think that's the one beautiful thing that I've learned in me fulfilling my passion and talking to other people that are fulfilling theirs. is like, once you finally, like, start moving mm-hmm. in, like, the direction that the universe is, like, kind of set for you, like, yeah, it takes time, but time is kind of relative. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because yeah. you're in it. And, yeah. You know, it's exciting and you went started from this bus that I see next door to mm-hmm. like this and yeah. you know seven years or whatever it's like but I'm doing it yeah and look at where we've come and yeah it's a different type of struggle mm-hmm. right I'm cheating a little bit because I know you yeah yeah you weren't always doing this no like I said I'm cheating so <laughs> I know long long time ago you wanted to teach yep it's funny I found like your invitations graduation invitations from like uh, G- GSU, yeah. you got your master's in yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a luau, like goodness yeah, gracious. that's crazy. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> got a freaking, uh, when we all used to just make photo collages. Yeah, got, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That's pretty dope. Oh, don't worry, I burned it. No <laughs> one Um, what was life like for you before 
And how did you even kind of get to me like, yo, this is my passion and this is like, I'm doing it now. Yeah. I think to kind of go back for a lot of us, when we go to under, we're told you got to go to school. You got to go to school. You got to get a degree. That's the only way you're going to be successful. So, you know, we went that route. Mm -hmm. That's what we did, trying to, you know, break out of whatever we were in and kind of level up. But for many of us, we go to school and we don't really know who we are. And I don't think that there's a lot of cultivation during that time to help us get to who we are, who our passion, you know, what our real passion is and what we should be going after. We're just going after degrees, paper, and money. I don't think that necessarily aligns with our passion and our life purpose. So during that time, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, ups and downs, depression, all that kind of stuff, and trying to figure out, but I knew that I wanted to help people. I've I've known that, I think, since maybe I was a senior in high school, maybe even before that. So I thought education was the way. When I started at Clemson, it was special ed major. Um, I ended up, you know, getting sick, and I came back to Atlanta, and I enrolled at Georgia State. And from there, I started with the middle school track for middle school math and, and psychology, and that sort of thing. But as I'm going and I had to do some kind of cohort, intern, whatever thing that, <laughs> yeah. that I had to do, like I'm, I'm finding out more about, because I was over at Carver while I was still in undergrad, but I did my cohort over there and I'm kind of looking at kids and kind of what they're going through and some of their experiences. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, these kids... They can't focus in the classroom because of all of the outside variables and the environment that are affecting them. So it's like, all right, we we need to find a better way. Like, you know, I continued on. I ended up actually getting a job at Carver after um, I graduated from Georgia State. And at that point, I'm like, okay, let me go into counseling. Classroom, you can barely teach, especially math, a classroom of 40 kids and 25 of them got issues at home, like, you're not getting this lesson in yeah. Th- these tests they want you to teach too. So I'm like, all right, uh, you know, stayed in touch. I started coaching basketball, which was also helpful because you, you have another level and another layer of the kids and their lives and who they really are, mm-hmm. what they really need. Um, so that was helpful for me. And then I finished, got my master's in counseling while I was there at mm-hmm. Carver. And at the time I'm thinking, okay, this is it. Counseling is what I want to do with school counseling. I love teenagers. I love connecting with them and kind of helping them try to bridge that gap from where they are to mm-hmm. where they actually want to be yeah. and not what everybody else is telling them, but like trying to dig in to see who you really are and what your life purpose is. Yeah. So that was my goal. I thought that was my ticket while doing that, uh, especially I think maybe that last year, there were kids that I found that either didn't have homes or they were living in apartments with no lights, no running water kids that hadn't had showers in days that, you know, obviously they're coming to school just to eat. And if we're on break, they don't have food on Christmas break or, you know, like now they, they wouldn't be able to eat those Mm -hmm. sorts of things. And I'm like, okay. So that started nudging me, nudging me, nudging me along with my grandma having her church downtown and, you know, popping in and out on Edgewood and just, there's a growing population of people experiencing homelessness. And I'm just like, there's so much money in Atlanta. I don't understand why this is an issue. Right. So fast forward, get my master's and getting, you know, certified Mm -hmm. in school counseling. I couldn't find a job. For a lot of us during that time, the recession had happened. Then there's this APS scandal, which I'm in Atlanta. I want to teach in Atlanta. That was wild. Yeah, it was was terrible. And I didn't realize the implications that would have on my career search Mm. because I was working at APS, um, even though I obviously was not a part of that whatsoever for the record <laughs> i was not a part of that, that. yeah <laughs> yeah no not at all 
So yeah, I couldn't find a job and I couldn't find a job for a couple years. And you know, faith. And I'm just like, God, I don't understand. Like I've done everything I'm supposed to do. I got my bachelor's, I got my master's. I'm on the right path, like what's up? So from there, there was a lot of just kind of like going internally, like what am I supposed to be doing? Why is this not working? Mm -hmm. You know, prayer, that sort of thing. I did go back and I started on another degree. Because, again, that's what we were taught was the yeah, way. And I'm good. like, well, if everybody got a master's now, let me get an education specialist. You know, whatever. Um, so I started on another degree, but that still wasn't the answer. But through that time, the issue of homelessness in Atlanta continued to increase. It became more visible. And I'm still thinking about those kids with no running water, no lights, no food, you know, that sort of thing. So eventually, out of that came for the light. Yeah. It, it kind of, when we kind of go through the story, it kind of made me think about well, before we were talking about like that struggle when you're in your purpose or mm -hmm. in your passion versus that struggle when you're not in your mm -hmm. purpose and your passion. And I, like you said, the question and all the things you experienced, it's just like, no guidance. Like, you're yeah, like, no guidance. What? No I, I think I lost count with the number of years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was. So, Bridgelite, you're in it. This is officially a nonprofit. Yes. Non for profit. What? How did? How did you even go through like training a non for profit? Did you like you went from education with uh -huh. your, your whole thing? Yeah. And now you're like, all right, how? But like, we gotta make this a business. We gotta right logistically and operationalize this thing. Take me through like how you figured out. Did you have resources? How did you make Bridge of Light? a real reality versus just this going out on the weekends yeah yeah so after that third year when i got my master's mm -hmm. and i was like all right i should be finding a counseling job like the position that i was in at the school i was like all right th this ain't it can't find nothing so I'm keep it moving so between that two years i'm at the time i'm like all right let me see what's up what yeah. do i need to do and I started going to some classes at, um, I think it was called the Foundation or something at that time. It was downtown. Okay. The, the first couple classes were free, but those are baseline, surface level kind of things. Everything else you have to pay for, right? Okay. Within those couple classes, I was discouraged as they're like, you can't get any money until you've done stuff. Mm. But I'm like, you know, back again to even trying to get these jobs. They want you to have a degree, but they also want you to have experience. And how can you have experience? Yo, and you've been in school this so whole time. Like, it makes sense. It does make it make sense. Yeah. It doesn't. So here I go again, trying to start all the way, you know, start mm -hmm. over and actually help people. But they're like, if you haven't done anything, we don't see a body of work, then nobody's gonna give you the money. But if I don't have money, how can yeah, I do the work. help the people that actually do the work? Like you can do a little something, mm -hmm. but I mean, to make an impact and not just pass out sandwiches yeah. once a month, like you gotta have some resources. Oh. So I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. So I tried and I tried within those couple of years when I wasn't working, I'm like, all right, I think I ended up getting a job, having to get a, another job. Mm -hmm. I think that's when I started working at Apple. I started working at Apple, and the, the reason why that is significant is, one, it helps me come out of my depression, because, you know, okay. if you're not working and your self-worth, again, that mm -hmm. is important for, for all of us. And your passion and what you do kind of, for me, I think ties into your worth and how you feel. Um, and that may not be the case for everybody, but I, for me, that's true. I kind of want people to that as well. Okay. It's probably <laughs> Mission statement. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, 
finally started back working, start, you know, being around people, all mm -hmm. that kind of stuff, and that helped kind of break me out of that. And then I just, you know, I'm normally social, mm -hmm. so I'm walking around, I start uh, back kind of in the technical spot yep. with Apple or whatever. And I met this guy, and he caught me on a day. Um, and I have conversations, you know, just random conversations with people. I met my dentist from there. You know, a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, Apple is a great place for networking. Anyway, um, I met this guy, and he was just like, yo, so how's your day? And, you know, I said, whatever. Uh, you know, it's one of these busy days like this. Mm -hmm. uh, and then he goes, so do you like what you do? Do you like working here? And I'm, I, 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 he caught me at the right time, and I'm like, to be honest, no, this is not what I want to be doing. Um, it's that and a third, and we at the Genius Bar, <laughs> we went in <laughs> and started having a, a conversation about like purpose and passion and whatever. And I, I told him about how I wanted to help people, yeah. um, and it's that and a third, and he was like, all right, well let me tell you about my friend who has this organization and he was also like you know let's go out let's meet up for lunch or something like that whatever platonic whatever so we did we met up um Superica, we had a conversation and we kind of delved deep into it uh unbeknownst to me he's like a consultant that helps people with their businesses and that sort of thing and from there like he connect like he sent a message to his friend and his friend ended up becoming my mentor what? uh terrence lester of love beyond walls what? yeah so connected with terrence and from there i started hanging out with terrence at least once a week we would meet like on friday mornings or something i would serve with him sometimes mm -hmm. and other times i would meet him maybe we had coffee and then we just had a meeting i was just picking his brain picking his brain and then he started letting me sit in on some meetings and at some point, uh, Love Beyond Walls decided to have like a leadership kind of training cohort or whatever. Um, uh -huh. And I was a member of the first cohort there. I think it was like four or five sessions. And through that, I was introduced to, and I can't remember her name, but she runs a firm that helps people with like getting their 501c3 and okay, that sort yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. We talked about kind of branding and that sort of thing mm -hmm. with Antoine. I think he's with Fourth Park. And a couple other people that had experience and pretty much it was just him kind of sharing out like, hey, this is the process. This is what you mm -hmm. need to do. These are the things that you need to be thinking about. Um, and one of those times where Terrence was actually uh, kind of running the show, it, it kind of delved into like our past and our background and like, what are you passionate about? Mm -hmm. What are you, what hurts you? You know, what needs to be healed and that sort of thing. Yeah. And that kind of helped me hone in more so on yes i want to help youth and that's still very much important mental health is very important yeah and that you know that's part of my plan and my roadmap for bridge of light is to be able to help youth and work with the mental health portion of it but from that i'm like okay people that's experiencing homelessness that are forgotten about yeah. that's very important to me because i felt forgotten so mm -hmm. from there bridge of light was yo what is so i think amazing in that whole story is that when so you were depressed but you started working mm -hmm. and it's like sometimes when you get up out of yourself and push yourself and start just doing it mm -hmm. right trying to see if i can say how 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 i see it in my head it's just like sometimes you got to be obedient and get up and do stuff that you don't want to do yeah and then when you do that mm -hmm. then the universe will give you and put you in a space where you can meet the yeah. person yeah. that got. Yeah. And that is kind of what was the catalyst for everything. But you couldn't even have had that conversation if you never got up 
and never worked a job she didn't want to work. That I thought I was too good for, let's be honest. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's real. real. Thing. Yeah. And sometimes we get out beside ourselves mm-hmm. and like, nah, 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 I'm not, I'm not doing it. But it ain't even about that. Yeah. You gotta get outside of yourself and and, and do it because some the the gift and the reward for the thing that you're hoping and praying for mm-hmm. is just sometimes you just being obedient and doing. Yeah. Taking that first step. And that's I think That's just that was powerful for me when I was saying you like barely. You would have never met that guy. Yeah. In a in a place you didn't even want to be at on yep. the day that you said I don't even want. <laughs> you get. And what's crazy is the day that you gave your truth yeah. is the day that the universe gave you that thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, you met the guy and he kind of connected you to the whole following to 501. He, he connected me to Terrence where okay. I learned more about the 5163. And at the time, once I listened to her and, you know, they I think the lady was charging like $1,000 or something. Again, we back to resources. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I work at Apple. It's way more money than APS, but I'm just like, okay, no, I'm, Which I'm is still... crazy, but that's a whole... <clears throat> Man, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I started going through it, and I'm just like, I'm reading. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm not a lawyer, but yeah. I can read. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, So what ended up happening, I'm like, I don't have $1,000, mm-hmm. I think. I went to, so I'm like, well, she's a consultant. There may be some other people. Let mm-hmm. me follow up with some folks. And I looked up a couple other folks, and they still were, were charging. And this and that 1000 mm-hmm. or that 800 from the guy, or what, at the time, it cost another, like, 875 to file the paperwork. So they're charging me to do the paperwork, mm-hmm. but I, that's still not going to the IRS. So I'm like, this, you know, so, just to have the paper, just for people to, you know, donate it for us to be a legit organization uh-huh. and, you know, tax write-offs and that sort of thing. But what ended up happening is I just took the time. I was like, it may take me longer, but I need to figure this out for myself. So I did research and I read and there were a few places where I didn't. You questioned, you know, whether the verbiage was, was weird. So I consulted somebody that knew some stuff and yeah. um, I did it myself. Okay. Yeah. So, one takeaway is that you don't necessarily have to pay no. all the thousands of dollars. No. It is possible to do it yourself. Definitely. Okay. Okay. But you still have to pay. I still have to pay the IRS. But, you, um, but, the, but I took that, you know, that that was an investment. Yeah, totally. Um, so, at the time, you know, just full disclosure, I hadn't worked for a couple years. And mm-hmm. once I, like, ended a relationship, I ended up back at my parents'. To get my feet wet, to I needed to buy a new car. I think I got an accident. Mm-hmm. I need to get another car, computer, in life. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, you're going to start this business or you're going to go find an apartment. Well, I'm going to invest in myself. And I took that money and, and you know, paid the fees for that because you have to pay, you know, for registration, all, state of Georgia, all that kind of stuff like that. You mm-hmm. have to pay for that on top of, you know, trying to, to see those first couple events and whatever before I'm really getting some donations and that sort of thing. Take me through like the logistics though of, of setting up a a, a a bus like this. You don't because you don't have an engineering background. I don't think you've heard. I did not. <laughs> I did not have so, an engineering background. So when when it comes to like having the idea to do this, you gotta find people. Like how yeah. did you? What did you do? You internet, Instagram blast? Did you like Craigslist? Come help me build a bus. Like how did you? get people together to help you make this thing real, like real, real. So, before this one was the first one, uh-huh. right? And that, that one took a lot longer because we didn't have money. 
to do so one i i within my faith there's something that says write the vision and make it plain yep so kind of what is it that i want what is it that i'm seeing mm-hmm. what is it that people need and how can i put all of that and make a resource center mobile on a bus right so i did that and there was a lot of like logistics let's figure this out and then i did start researching what I found out because that one is a you know used to be a school bus, yep, a 1988 yep. school bus, is that there's a whole community like a school they're called schoolies, a schoolie community. Okay. So I did some research. I watched a lot of YouTube videos, and then I went. There was like I think there was one in making a convention where a whole bunch of buses, the schoolies, were there. So I went down there and I asked a ton of questions, documented pictures, you know, got their Instagram info and that sort of thing. Started following them and kind of like, okay, this is what worked. This is what different. That, and that was extremely helpful because that's, you save a lot of money, you know, trying to figure stuff out and, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know yeah. what I mean? You can adjust it for yourself. <laughs> but yeah. I'm like, these folks have done it. Let me take what they yeah. did. And some of them told me about some of their failures and some things that I was planning to use and uh-huh. it's like okay don't use this do okay. that or do that sort of thing so that was helpful and then there was a second one that i went to once we started and i think we got to a point where we we're like okay we need more help because the beginning of like taking the seats out getting the rest up getting the the flooring and all that kind of stuff that was volunteer based mm-hmm. even the the painting and, and all that kind of stuff on the inside that was all volunteer based but mm-hmm. then once we like all right, we got a subfloor, and then I had a like a homeboy do like the flooring, um, which I eventually had to redo. But you know, <laughs> you don't have money. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But after that, it's like okay, we need some real stuff. You know what I mean? Like it, we needed the plumbing, we needed electrical, the woodwork, and all that kind of stuff. Like we had a volunteer do it, but it had to be redone to be right. So that's when you know we I started having to look up people, Instagram, that sort of thing. And the reason why I really wanted you to kind of break that down is because when I think of people who not specifically trying to build buses, but have whatever these passion projects or whatever they're mm-hmm. trying to do, they could get overwhelmed yeah. because they're like, oh, I have, even me, like, it's like oh, I have this amazing vision, but I don't know how to make it real, real yeah. right? And so it's important to know that, like, all right, tap into your skill set and then do some research mm-hmm. and start reaching out to the community. And like you just said, like, you even may have to redo some work that you get for free, but at least like you got something going to keep you yeah. moving forward. And yep. I think that's the biggest thing is like, let's keep moving forward. It may not be right the first time, mm-hmm. but you're, you're doing it and in you doing it. Like you said, again, it's that pouring into yourself. Mm-hmm. It, it all connects. As somebody who created a nonprofit, what are like some key either action items or some key tips that you could give people if as they want to create a nonprofit outside of like maybe some stuff that we've already talked about yeah i think the most important thing first of all is to know your why like why do you want to create this what is what you want to create going to solve is there a purpose is there a need for it mm-hmm. and does what you're trying to create solve that or, or fulfill that need right mm-hmm. i think that's the first thing you know things like name and whatever that comes up but then from that, knowing your why, you create your mission mm-hmm. and your vision. So our why, like blanket, I can elevator pitch. This is why we're doing this, period. And then the vision of what you want long-term mm-hmm. for your organization to fulfill, right? Mm-hmm. From there, I, I think hopping, getting your EIN and getting the stuff registered, you know, with whatever state you're in as soon as possible. And then outside of the paperwork part, 
is doing the work. Like I told you, that whole thing, even though it discouraged me years ago, it's real. People have to start seeing the work, and especially now when we're in the social media age, like things instant, people want to know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, you had a cool story a month ago, but what you doing now, yep. right? So you have to start doing the work. Mm-hmm. Do it with start with whatever you have, and kind of go from there. Okay. And you know, invite people along, share your passion out, whether it's on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever. <laughs> share it out and invite people to join you. Um, find people that are aligned with your purpose and your passion. Mm-hmm. And they will rock with you for free. You know what I mean? Like, they'll rock with you because they're getting fulfilled as well. And they're serving their passion. And who knows, you know, what may bloom from that. Last question is, if you were not fulfilling your passion, where would you be? I would be miserable. I don't know if I would be alive, though. Like, yeah, I think depression is real. Mm -hmm. And I think that just existing and not living, um, for me, that's, I can't. And I couldn't. So if I was not doing Bitch Light, you wouldn't even be here. Yeah. Yep. Thank you so very much. No doubt, no doubt, man. Appreciate Appreciate it. it. Appreciate you.